By the way, Mark Benda just sends out the Tennessee-Georgia game, did a 24-1 rating. The Titans-Chiefs did a 23. Take it away, Billy. George, it is now time for Tennessee Tuesday with Tony Basilio, powered by complete service heating and air, but also direct radon mitigation. With complete service heat and air, they do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call them at 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson counties. Also, direct radon. Have you heard of the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer. The only way to know is to test for it. Visit directradonmitigation.com to schedule a free estimate. Complete service heat and air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have warm air throughout those cold winter months. Complete service heat and air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson counties. Okay, I'll speculate that 24 share would have been even higher if that game had been in doubt in the fourth quarter, but it really was not as Georgia took command. We go to Knoxville for our weekly visit with longtime sports talk show host Tony Basilio, who joins us in that right-hand corner of the picture. Oh, nice. I taped it up there for you boys. I voted today. I taped it up there for you boys. Excellent. Excellent. Stood, so, hey, stood in line for like um good hour. So did you really? There you go, not, there you go brother. There you go. What is tough here? So, Tony, first of all, what was the post game like? What was the reaction of callers when it was over? Um I was pretty proud of the audience. I'm, I've been pretty proud of them. I, I think a lot of people were just very uh what's the term to use here? Realistic. Yeah, realistic and appreciative of where the football team's gotten. And the fact that, I mean, let's face facts. Georgia's a gold standard program in this league right now. And there's no shame in your game um, for losing to them. I mean, they are what they are. They're they're excellent. You know, I mean, let's let's just call it what it is. They are they're fantastic. And their plan against Tennessee was perfect. Their defensive plan against them was perfect. Offensively, they threw the ball over them which is something that uh, has needed to happen, you know, uh, if you're going to be effective with Tennessee. So, well played by them. I mean, it was, um, it was a very good game plan. They executed it. And I think most people here have come to the conclusion that Tennessee is very much alive for a playoff berth, which I got to tell you guys. Um, a caller called me today and gave me a, a little something from Vegas that I didn't realize. Tennessee had a .01% chance by Vegas of making the playoff. They were 1,000 to one coming into the season, guys. Could have made a lot of money to put $100 in the Vols. No kidding. Tony, this is, you and Watson are going to get knee deep into this, but I'm going to ask it early. I believe there is at least one scenario and possibly two where Tennessee and Georgia hook up again. One of them is in the semifinal at Mercedes-Benz, the home of the Falcons. The other, I guess, could be for the national championship. If that were to happen, 
What buttons do you think Tennessee has to push that maybe didn't get pushed Saturday? Well, it's interesting. Rick Neuheisel, who's going to do this game, uh, appeared here locally and did an interview. It wasn't on my show, but one of the things he said is that Tennessee left the middle of the field alone on Saturday, which really surprised him because they've been making hay in the middle of the field. The real issue, though, is that they jammed Tennessee's receivers so much and disrupted so much of what Tennessee likes to do that that just didn't happen. The second thing is Hendon Hooker did not run during the portion of the game when the game was in doubt early in the game. And if Tennessee's going to be effective offensively, he's got to contribute some uh, with his legs. He was ball holding a little bit too much, but that's almost attributable to the fact that Georgia just disrupted everything Tennessee wanted to do. And, and big number 88, big Carter, who I was on here last week talking about how they're going to be able to manage um, his snaps with Tennessee gone as fast as they were. Well, when you take the center and the guard or a guard and a tackle and throw them back on the quarterback while you're laying on the back of the quarterback, uh, or laying on his legs or whatever. I guess that's one way to just to, uh, to to play that young man. He dominated. Number 88 dominated that game from Georgia last week. And, you know, he basically did it as a, as a beat up, banged up uh, guy. So, uh, you know, credit to him. Uh, you know, Georgia just played. They just played really well. They just oh, really did. Good. Watson, your witness. Tony, I, when we talked on Friday, uh, we talked about that uh, the atmosphere that they would go into would be a factor, and and the one that could harass the quarterback the best would win the game. I thought both of those pieces played a major piece in the game. Uh, the the atmosphere was matched with the Tennessee atmosphere. I mean, it was fantastic. Yeah, Tennessee got in a lot of behind the chain situations that really hurt them because of communication, jumping off sides. Uh, I thought it slowed their pace down. They, they couldn't hear very well, and, and it, just slowed it, it slowed the whole process down, which went to Georgia's favor. And then when you get behind the chains, for, for a lot of different reasons, and I'm going to get into some of that in a minute with you, but when you get behind the chains, it plays into Georgia's hands. And uh, – that was – they got a lot of long yardage opportunities to rush the passer, and when they did, they were in his face. And I'm telling you, if you watch the Chiefs and the, and the Titans on Sunday night, you saw the same thing with Mahomes. I don't care how good – everybody's wanting to get on hooker a little bit. I don't care how good you are. When you've got big bodies in your face as a quarterback, and I played that position, I know. Yeah. Big bodies in your face, it's, you're a different player. You can't see. Rhythm gets messed up, everything. Sometimes bodies in your face, Tony, are worse than sacks uh, because you just you get flustered and you just can't see the throw. Now you're throwing late. You're yeah. off balance some. So I thought harassing the quarterback because of getting behind the chains for because crowd noise, a bunch of penalties Tennessee hadn't been getting, and they couldn't run the ball. They averaged just barely three yards a carry. When we've been getting four to seven, we got three. It's now second and seven and second instead of second and four. Believe me, that is a different second down call for the defense. Yep. So I just thought the, the harassment of the quarterback, in my personal opinion, 
didn't help, but being behind the chains yeah. was the biggest part of the game. Well, we're looking at the safety here, you know, that, that really was a safety. And I, I love replay guys because they come out of that with saying that he got the ball to the one-half foot line, which you've got to love. That's either the quarterback's arms in motion, which you could say that, okay, whatever. Or you could say he's tackled for a safety. You can't say the the one thing they came out of that replay with was the one thing that you couldn't have. But you got to love the SEC, I mean, because it's it's a mystery. Anytime they go under the hood with her and come back with but. But that said, guys, um, Watson, you are so right from a standpoint of Hendon Hooker has not been hit like that since he's been Tennessee starter. He just hasn't no. been. The no, game's so much been... easier when it's just played, you know, in open space. I drop back, you're open, I throw the ball to you. You drop back, you're open, I throw the ball to you. You drop back, you know, I drop back, you're, you know, one, two, three, ball out. Saturday was none of that. Saturday was total, complete disruption of everything Tennessee wanted to do. And then Tennessee's wide receivers, you know, um, talking to some people, I think they got a little frustrated too because they're not used to getting jammed the way that they were. Well, So, so the frustration and, and, was across the board. I would be really curious to see what the adjustments are when they play them because chances are they may play them. You know, if the season plays out the way we think it could – um, I think one of the things Tennessee would do is get their backs more involved with their passing game, try to get the ball in their hands and space quicker because everything was just so jammed up, like you were saying. Another thing that was noticed by the telecast, um, Danielson said that he, he was a really kind of not puzzled, but he had just noticed how short the depth of the drops were from Hooker which that is what Hooker does. He stands right in that pocket. Yeah. And he wonders if Tennessee uh, shouldn't get him back there a little more to create some space if they got another crack at this thing because he had no time. I mean, he got swallowed up. Well, they can back him up, but with that kind of harassment, <laughs> again, they're wanting to throw everything at Hendon and the offensive line, and I take up for both because yeah. the offensive line got caught. They needed to run the ball better. But they got caught in these second and third and longs, man. You do not want to play the Georgia defensive line in second and third and long. Mm -hmm. The way they played Georgia different is stay within the chains. You cannot get in long yardage against the University of Georgia, Tony. Georgia was very simple. They played some form of quarters coverage, some form of man-free coverage, and ran about three blitz mans close to the goal line. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Now they rushed four, rushed five, rushed three, and played these coverages off of the different rushes. Mm -hmm. But it was a very simple game plan. And where I disagree with Rick is the coverages they were playing were taking the middle away more. When you're playing quarters coverage, those two inside safeties, what happened in the Kentucky game is the safety was hanging inside, but the mm -hmm. corner went with the inside route and they wheeled the guy up the boundary wide open. Well, Georgia fell off of that route, and the inside guy broke on the ball. Mm -hmm. And when you're running middle routes against a free safety, he's looking. I disagree 100%. Where I think what happened is the receivers got impatient because they've been so good. They weren't open the way they've been getting open, but they were still open. Hendon wasn't getting the ball to him as quick as he normally does because he's having to bump around in the pocket. Right. And so the whole thing got off a little. You remember back before when I said, you take these wide splits 
and you don't beat people one-on-one, man-to-man, what do you go to next? I think that happened Saturday. They're going to have to start getting some pick routes and some things crossing underneath. And then the other thing that I think they'll go to in these third and longs is use their back more. You just said it. They've got to use the back in the backfield more in third down, in check downs and in screens, Mm -hmm. some backfield screens. Mm -hmm. But everything is – they don't change anything. They coordinate a few things better. But Tennessee is going to struggle against a good defense in third and long and second and long because everybody in the country does. When Tennessee is good, like they've been these first seven, eight weeks, first and second down, they're controlling everything. They weren't getting in thirds and long. They were never having to play catch-up football. They were always in the lead. That's right. There's things that – happen in that game that aren't going to happen maybe the next time they play them. They, right. If they play Georgia again, they got to stay within the chains. Nobody will beat Georgia in second and third long. It's not going to happen. Like nobody. Nobody. Not There's State, not a team not in the country that will beat Georgia no. in passing no. down situations. No. Not with the cover abilities, though, they got and the pass rush. The and pass rush is the best in the country. And the reason I think the baton has uh, been – and Bama fans don't want to hear this. It's not because they're having a two-loss year. Georgia lost all those players to the NFL, yeah. several of whom are contributing. They're deep, Tony. And they're unbel- – I mean, Watson, they're unbelievable. They lost their best tackler, that outside linebacker, the kid that had more tackles for loss uh, coming into that game. Did, did you notice them mi- missing him Saturday? I'm sure they missed him, but it, did, it sure didn't look like it to me. You know, no. the thing that uh, when you were talking about the way they attacked Tennessee, the thing I the thing that when I went back and watched the game that jumped out at me was they were using uh, their like so, some of the stuff they ran, though, it was simple, was a little complex. I mean, they ran some zone blitzes. Tennessee hasn't seen that stuff because they get most teams out of that. But well, Georgia they don't see it because dictating. Georgia was dictating because they were in those third and longs. Now that I think about that's it, that's the what reason. They did. That's the reason Tennessee hadn't seen them, Tony, because they're never in those situations. There you go. They were playing quarters cross with two droppers and rushing five. Yep. So that was the zone blitz. And then they played man free when they were in a single set. They they had a simple plan. It was Mm -hmm. not something that blew Tennessee's mind. Nothing. Mm -hmm. They just out executed them and got, they got in the right situations where they could out execute Mm -hmm. them. But it showed a big thing, George, and then I don't want to eat it up here. But one big thing I saw, Tony, they've got to keep going fast They because their defense is not good enough. No. They've got to outscore people. No. The one thing I saw Saturday is Tennessee's defense came back to real, re- realization a little bit. They're not good enough over there to win a championship. The offense is going to have to be the one to pull these big wins off if they were to get into the Final Four. Well, and that's a great point because, look, this defense, I've been saying it all year. I've said it on here a million times. And, boy, I look silly with that thing taped on my hat. But nah, you look great. I, I'm, doing, I'm doing my PSA here today. I'll say this, guys, that this is the first team that's attacked their secondary. And these guys got attacked on Saturday. Yeah. And Georgia in the second half, you know, Georgia just kind of uh, took the foot off the gas, threw the ball four times, and said, let's get out of here with a victory. Absolutely. Really, they did Tennessee a solid because, you know, a 27 to 13 game as a final looks a lot different than 45 to 13, which is what that thing could have been. Cause it felt like 
it felt like a much more convincing win because I call it like I see it. You know, that, that, that thing felt like a lot more than a two touchdown victory. But as it is, Tennessee, when you start looking at staying within the chains, they're in striking distance now. They're winning the chains on this playoff. They have three games left. They're all games they're going to be double-digit favorites in. They've got this game. They've got a night game at South Carolina. This game over here is a noon Eastern time start. And then whatever Vanderbilt holds. And, George, I'm just glad we're not playing the Vanderbilt game in Memorial Gym because they told me I sweat to death when I came down oh there for that God. one. Oh, my God. It was. A friend of mine was at that game last yeah. night, George. He said he's He said he's been in saunas that were cooler than that gym last night, George. I have never been in Memorial Gym for a game that was like that. What, what's the deal? They don't no have air conditioning, conditioning or just yeah. Uh, what do you want me to say? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm this just, is thirty years of an administration that doesn't give a damn. <laughs> I mean that that's the bottom line to it. Is you know, <laughs> look, yeah, I'm, not it, I'm not trying to get you guys. You know, I, I'm not no, trying to start it, trouble on here. You know, I mean, there's nothing new here to say. I've been saying this for thirty years that. You know, they, they've taken the check and then, you know, they send it to wherever they send it. But it certainly, it doesn't appear that an athletic department ever gets much of the check. Now, this may be something they work on uh, because that's a great old gym. It's one oh, of the great it. gyms in the country. Yeah. It deserves better than being turned into a sweatshop. That's all. That's all I say. I heard now. it was totally like totally uncomfortable in there. It was. Like, that's it wild. was brutal. Like a gym so, in the summer, right? That kind of thing. Exactly. It was. That's like exactly what summer. it felt like. Yeah. Was. <laughs> Tony, that's where I met Mark Griffin. Um, when CM Newton was the coach one year, I had just <laughs> interviewed at Memphis State, and I they they needed an instructor for the little six year olds. Mark Griffin was a real instructor. I was, I had one play, the fist, and the one kid that could dribble, dribbled, and the other four went to the corner and yelled. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget this, Watson. Coach Newton did not know that I was an instructor. And he walks in on Tuesday and he sees me and he goes, Oh, my Lord. And I was like, Your name's behind this. This is your camp. Boy, total silence there. Your your oh, money yeah. at work. Your money at work, parents. Absolutely. Okay. Your kids so, out of there much better basketball players. No question they did. They had fun the with me. The fist. The fist, man. Fist. That's all it yeah. took. That's where I met Mark Griffin. Um, after the game Saturday, around 2.30 Central Time, 3.30 yeah. your time, you hit the airwaves. How can people hear you? So I'm at tclub.team. Tonight, as soon as they say what Tennessee's playoff spot is going to be, and who knows, but we'll be on live talking about it. Um, we, we did a post game after last night's basketball game here. Um, and, you know, we just try to serve fans. That's what we do. And you can tell by looking at me, guys, that this thing's wearing me out. But, but hey, it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And we're enjoying every minute of it. And you have these – these sports seasons overlapping to be honest with you guys it's a little too early for college basketball for me uh but i don't have the bandwidth george on saturday i lost my dreams of a tennessee undefeated season 
I lost a dream of winning the college, the uh, college. Oh, that's a Freudian slip. I lost <laughs> a dream series. of winning the World Series in baseball. And then I follow that damn MLS and they even got beat. They, they blew a 2-1 lead late. I'm, that thing was Black Saturday from the word go, man. And I but, did six hours on here the other night. And my son called me from Philly the next day. And he said, Dad, I'm really glad you got off the air because I was listening to you at the end. And I was kind of worried about it. You sounded really, really just beat up by it. I said, I was totally beat up by it. I was completely over it. But look hey, at the positive. Hey, let, let me say something to Tony. Okay. Tony, get your Thank head you. out of your fanny. Get back up again. The big orange is not dead in the water, babe. They may be better off right now than they were if they'd won the game. I'm telling you. There'll be I no like worse it. than fifth tonight. There'll be no worse than fifth. And if they right, there's going to be two one-loss teams All right. in the playoffs. So they may be sitting better right now than they would have been if they'd won the game. So just keep keep on getting on. Okay. Don't well, that's the message of love tonight, Watson. I'm up, and it's over at tclub.team, which is where you can find me, tclub.team. But, Watson, I'm going to pass your message of long, uh, your message of love along uh, this evening. So thank you. You do that. You, you tell the way, them. Everything's going to be all right. Everybody get their head up. Everything's going to be yep. all right. Yep. What time on Friday does your dad come on with you? <laughs> I tell you what, I got nothing but love for Watson Brown. I, mean, I, I know, I do George, too. this is something you started. This thing is like, um, people tell me, they go, would you quit quoting him? Would you quit <laughs> quoting him? And I go, no, I can't. The man has taken me under wing. I can't quit quoting him. I love but, it. Um, I, I just, Watson, I love you. I appreciate you. And oh, George, I really I, thank you for, for allowing me to do this this year with you guys. It's oh, been a real it's joy. the other way around. Really, it's an honor, man. Joy, We're guys. glad to have you. Yeah. It's a true honor to have you on. Thanks. We'll do it again next Tuesday. Thank you, guys. Be blessed. See you, boys. Thank you.